Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Informed Catholic. This is going to be the uh, second Sunday readings of Lent. So uh, let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie lesion, Kyrie lesion, Kyrie lesion, Christea lesion, Christea lesion, Christea lesion, Kyrie lesion, Kyrie lesion, Kyrie lesion. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. All right, so uh, can't, uh, we're going to skip the uh, the Gloria to um, Easter Sunday. All right. So, um, one of the things we've got to remember that during Lent, uh, we, okay, the fasting part, I'll, uh, that's going to be left up to you guys to decide for yourselves, but it's the readings you should be focusing on, the readings and focusing on really um, uniting ourselves with Christ, especially during, whenever we have like something like the war going on in Gaza. It's good to focus on um, meditation and getting close to Christ, uh, to Christ and offering up your prayers and meditation on behalf of any particular uh, crisis. Like it could be, you could offer it like myself, what's going on with Gaza, but also you could offer it up if you know someone in your family or friend is suffering going through some serious crisis and that they need someone to pray for them because that's that's an important thing. We need to pray for people. It could be your own relatives, a friend, or anyone you know in your life that is important to really pray with them and unite uh, with the passion of Christ, with the agony of Christ, with the cross of Christ. These are, th these are important things, basically. And these are things that are very important that could improve um, improve your, 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 your prayer life. Because that's something that's very important, to really unite ourselves with our Lord um, and, you know, and really getting close to them. You know, fasting is a good start. You could do it for three hours. If you can go three hours without eating or drinking, Trust me, it's like St. Teresa um, of Avila said, no one has ever died from fasting. Problem is, is because it, we live in a Western culture where it's not approved of because it, go, it goes against the, the, the theme of what, of what Christ really wants. He wants us to really get close with him and really pay attention to him and really begin to see his face. All right, that's it. So let's begin the reading. All right, uh, a reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 22. The sacrifice of Abraham, our father in faith. God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham, here am I. 
He replied, Then God said, Take your son Isaac, your only one, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up at a, as a holocaust on a height that I will point out to you. When they came to the place at which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Then he reached out, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here am I, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the, the boy, said the messenger. Do not do the least thing to him. I know how you you are devoted how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he went and took the ram and offered it up as a holocaust in place of his son. Again the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did in not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless your bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gate of their enemies, and in your, in, in your descendants all those nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, Psalm 116. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I said I am greatly afflicted. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I will walk before the land, before the Lord. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. To you will I offer sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. All right, second reading, Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 34. God did not spare his, his, his own son. A reading from letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will, who will condemn? Christ Jesus, it is, who died, or rather, 
was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed interceded for us. All right, one more time. Brothers and sisters, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will condemn? Who will condemn? Christ Jesus it is who died, or rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Uh, verse before the gospel is from Matthew 17, verse 5. From the shining cloud of the Father's voice is heard. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. From the shining cloud the Father's voice is heard. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark chapter 9 verse 2 to 19 Jesus took Peter, James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves and he was transfigured before before them and his clothes became dazzling white such as no fuller on earth could could bleach them. The, then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone, but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to, to anyone except when the Son of Man had had risen from the dead so they kept the matter to themselves questioning what ri rising from the dead meant the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ amen so this is an interesting part in genesis because it's abraham that actually is the big um, thing that everybody uses because when God says to him, uh, I will bless those who bless you. Of course, it's not in this passage, but it says in the Genesis book, uh, the passage, passage here, that I, that all, all the nations of the earth, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. Now, this is the part where a lot of Christian Zionists misinterpret scripture. Abraham didn't just sacrifice Isaac. He sacrificed Ishmael. Before this, remember, he, you know, uh, Sarah, uh, 
from her desperation, um, I guess, to because of her barrenness. And her barrenness is a symbol of her lack of faith. Because barrenness in the Bible, remember, the Bible, when you use when you read it, you gotta learn to read it in poetic form. To be in in this passage, in these words, to be pregnant, of course, for the woman is also a symbol of faith and blessing. Right? Barrenness uh, can also be, in a sense, uh, yet not living your faith or not being blessed with your faith or not being pregnant with faith. Um, in this sense, Sarah, desperate, for, uh, decided to use Hagar, the Egyptian slave girl, to use her as a means of getting, of, of forcing God's hand or fulfilling God's hand. Kind of like you could say the fact that the way, you know, we have now this, this state of Israel because it's a man-made state. In this sense, what she did was she only created a rift and created strife, created um, a, dis, uh, a, a rather a disruption in her marriage and in her in her relationship with her husband because that's what this bringing this girl in and not trusting God but bringing her in and trying to to force God's uh blessing is really in a sense lack, a lack of faith she didn't share her husband's faith she didn't share Abraham's faith and she put a stumbling block between her and her husband. She also put a stumbling block in a sense that she dis uh, disrupted his relationship with God. She herself became a Lucifer. She herself became a Satan. She herself became a stumbling block, an impediment to her relationship with her husband and to her husband's relationship with God. Ishmael and, and Hagar were victims here. Now, it doesn't mention Ishmael, but let's look at it this way. When she herself decided that she had to do something about this mistake after she gave birth to Isaac, it doesn't mean her faith, she had faith. Because really she still didn't. She still did not have any faith. As a matter of fact, she herself has become an impediment to faith. She decided that she had to get rid of, literally it was murder, murder and intent, I think, when you, when the, way I, the way I read it, the idea of sending a woman and a child out into the desert is, is an attempted murder. Because either she gets attacked by wild animals or dies, dies her and her son dies from thirst, or get attacked by bandits. I mean, literally, that's an intention of murder right there. It's an intention of murder. But Abraham had to trust God. In a sense, he sacrificed Ishmael. Then suddenly now, with his son Isaac, God is putting him to the test again. And literally, Abraham was going to 
go to the extra mile by taking a knife and slicing his son's throat, killing him and as a burnt offering. Why did God ask him to do this? Well, here's the thing. Abraham, I think, got, got himself into some arguments with the local uh, people, the Canaanites, who were idol worshipers and practiced child sacrifice. Their religion, their fertility religion, would uh, require that. So they probably said, I can imagine an argument, you, you sacrifice to your God uh, burnt offerings of lambs and goats, uh, but we, or, and sometimes bulls, but we, we offer the ultimate sacrifice to our gods. And that's our children, in a sense. And that you can imagine, this kind of like shook Abraham. I mean, when you think about it, that is an ultimate sacrifice. And so God met him in that area and said to him, sacrifice to me your son, your only son, Isaac. I'll show you a place called Mount Moriah. Nothing to do with Moriah Carey, but it's called Mount Moriah. And he did. What he wound up doing, basically, he was he was literally trusting and he was fulfilling something because God gave his only begotten son, as Jesus later on would tell us in John's gospel. So this is this was something that was very different. But he also now he literally had to trust twice. He had to trust his child twice. Uh, you know, his what his first child, Abraham um, Ishmael, and then his finally his second child. Uh, Isaac, amazing when you think about it. And then God said to him, God when tested him, that because you weren't, you had faith in me, and you trusted me, and you were not going to hold anything back from me, even from the blessing I've given you. I mean, literally, his faith was tested twice. Ishmael did live. Ishmael did become a dominant figure in the desert, and Ishmael was the. Uh, Paul came with that blessing that through you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Trusting God, even to the most bleakest moment, does not mean that there's no salvation. It just means that you you really have trusted him, that you're not afraid of giving up anything to God, that you knew God would, would return back to you. It's an amazing, I mean, you know, God will bless, bless you and, and, and even more. Ishmael and Isaac were two sacrifices. And the blessing of all the fams in the earth came through those sons. Not just one, but the idea is it's symbolic. Israel is a symbolic meaning of heaven. Israel is a symbolic meaning. The promised land is a symbolic meaning, but it's not, I mean, you literally, I know we're going through all this Gaza stuff, but literally we have to look at it in a sense of, the, the spiritual, the spiritual is all that matters to God. The, the, the relationship between you and him is all that matters. But you can't, you can't force God's miracle into the world. It's impossible. And then when you get to um, uh, Paul here, Paul is, Paul f focuses on this blessing with Abraham. He focuses on God's only begotten son because Paul sees the symbolism. All the fams of the earth is all 
all the peoples, not just one ethnic national group. It's impossible. God is, God is far greater than one ethnic national group. He's not going to just focus on the Israelites. He's going to focus on God in general, on, on, on the church. He's going to see the church as the new Israel. And then finally you get to the transfiguration, which is the glory of God, the glory of Christ, that, and as God's son, but also God. Because that's, you know, think about it. What they saw was an apocalyptic image, an apocalyptic image that would be, that would fulfill God's, uh, that would, no, I mean, it, it's going to fulfill God's blessing that he made to Abraham. Christ is that blessing. Christ is that fulfillment. And this is something that we need to remember every day. We need to remember that. All right, let's uh, wrap it up here. And um, I'll be back with another one soon. God bless.